The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com. We welcome now our Bloomberg radio and television audiences to a fantastic conversation with Ola Halinus. He is the Mercedes-Benz CEO. He joins us in New York, as does, of course, Bloomberg's Matt Miller. Ola, great to see you. Thank you very much indeed for taking some time to drop by and see us here at Bloomberg. Ola, the story we've been talking about over the last few days has been all about China. We're trying to work out whether Europe is going to start a fire with China that is going to impact Mercedes-Benz. There's talk of tariffs. There's talk of trade wars around autos and EVs. Are you worried? Well, it's great to be with you this morning, Guy. Uh, no, we're not fundamentally worried. We have a very strong business in China that has grown significantly over the last uh, 10 years. And we're continuing to invest in China. Uh, to make sure that we bring the product that the Chinese customers are expecting for us, from us. Uh, I think it's important uh, in these types of discussions to not forget what has made uh, uh, us so successful over the last decades. It's been opening up markets, free trade, free competition, but also a level playing field. So as long as uh, all of those uh, frameworks are in place to make sure that we can do business in a sensible way, uh, we're not worried. Well, we have, though, Ola, um, an EU inquiry into Chinese car imports. Don't you expect Beijing to react with countermeasures? Uh, we will see how, how this plays out and uh, what comes out of that. And we like to remind people that uh, uh, open markets is what drives growth and also drives wealth creation. In fact, if you look at the history of our company, it didn't take Gottlieb Daimler more than 15 years to figure out um, that Germany is not uh, the only attractive market in the world. And we've been here in the United States for more than 120 years now. So that companies go global and that competition goes global, I think that's natural. We had the Japanese come to the United States in the 80s and the 90s, then the Koreans, then Tesla came now when yep. uh, we're going into electrification. So let's keep markets open. Uh, let the market participants yep. fight it out. Um, Annalena Baerbock, the German foreign minister, was speaking to our good friend and colleague, Amory Hordern, a little bit earlier on. She was saying that there's a risk that Europe is too exposed to China, that we need to be cautious in our approach to China. Do you think that European German luxury car makers are, though, at risk of being overexposed to China, that that market has become too big for you and the politics could get in the way. How do you think about it when you get warnings like that from German ministers? On the one hand, I think we learned a thing in the pandemic that supply chains can be fragile. And to create some optionality and more resilience into your supply chains is generally a good thing for businesses. This is something that we have already started, especially on battery materials, uh, where we have devised a strategy where we're going to try to, as best as we can over the next years, go into a kind of region for region sourcing. So yes, we do look at different commodities to make sure that our supply chain is resilient. 
But it would be uh, a complete illusion to think that we can divide the world, the automotive world, into uh, individual regions that have nothing to do with each other. These supply chains or supply networks rather are much too sophisticated. There are five continents in every Mercedes that is being sold. And that is the yep. uh, strength of market economy that the invisible hand of the market figures out what the uh, economic optimum is. So supply chain resilience, yes, but keeping the markets open and the market working, I think, is even more important. You have uh, a strike going on here in the U.S. Well, not you. Um, the UAW is striking on Ford, GM, and Stellantis. Um, you have production here in the U.S. It doesn't have UAW workers, but you still got to be prepared for supply chain issues due to the strike. What, what are you expecting now, and how do you expect it to affect your business? Uh, we don't expect any uh, major impact on our business. And of course, Mercedes-Benz doing business in more than 150 countries and have operations in all major economic regions. We try to make sure that we're competitive, that we're an attractive employer. But at the same time, we're in transformation. The auto industry is getting more competitive, not less competitive. So yep. whatever pressures we have on cost is going to have to be made up in productivity. So I think we have to be very mindful to keep the gain on productivity up uh, and make sure that we uh, 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 don't have costs that run out of control. But don't you expect, Ola, if, um, if they get a 20, 25% increase at UAW plants, you're going to have to raise your price, your, your pay at some point in Tuscaloosa as well. Otherwise, you're going to lose workers to plants up north. Uh, we have been in the uh, United States, uh, uh, in the southeast of the United States with our plant in Alabama and also our commercial van operation in uh, South Carolina now for, uh, in Alabama, more than 25 years, almost 30 years. And we have always kept lockstep with what's going on in the economy to make sure that we have attractive yep. jobs. So uh, we, we, we watch that and we make adjustments as, as we go along. Uh, but at the same time, we look at, you know, how can we do things better? How can we do uh, work in a smarter way, get leaner? Uh, because the uh, cost competition is not going to go anywhere. Ola, do you think that companies such as yourself, companies, companies like Stellantis and Ford, should be guaranteeing that workers that are working on combustion engines will have a place in the new EV world. Should they be guaranteed jobs? Should they be carried through this transition process? I cannot speak for other automakers, but if I look at what's happening at Mercedes-Benz around the world, and primarily in, in Germany, where we have most of our operations, yes, we're investing heavily into the new technologies. The lion's share of our capital allocation goes into electrification and digitalization, and we're creating new jobs there. But the fact of the matter, on the powertrain side of things, the net-net at the end of this transition, which, which is a 10-year-plus affair, is going to be less jobs jobs on powertrain, on vehicle assembly, it's, it's, it's about the same, but we will use demography over this 10-year-plus uh, uh, period, our demographics, to make sure that we can get into a position where we do this in a sensible way. Ola, I drove recently the EQS. Um, it's an electric, uh, your electric SUV obviously a very luxurious product as you move even more upscale. Um, at the same time, the Tesla Model X and Model S are getting kind of long in the tooth. If you have lost customers to Elon Musk, are you gaining them back with this new uh, push into you know, luxury electrics? What we have seen with the EQS and the EQE, both on the sedans and the SUVs, and here you have some 
extremely high-tech, luxurious products. Uh, we didn't make carbon copies of our combustion equivalents, but really tried to create a complementary offering. And yes, we have a lot of Conquest co um, uh, customers coming into those vehicles. People that maybe didn't look at Mercedes before that goes like, wow, Mercedes is going electric. This is interesting for me. So, so far that plan is working out quite well. Matt, I have to say, you've got a big smile on your face. You look like you're enjoying driving that car. Is it as good as a nice engine? Are you, are you a convert yet? I've been tracking Matt's history as he's worked his way through this process. You know what? I'm wondering this, if we're there yet. This is the one electric vehicle that, that may be able to win me over because of the pedal feel, because of, I hate to say it, uh, I don't want to get flamed, but the fake sound, which I absolutely loved, it really felt like a big block more than an EV. And Ola, are you going for that? I mean, um, are you trying to make these electric vehicles feel like you know the the luxury uh, V8s that were so that we long for. Of course, there's a different sound profile, but the way a car drives and rides, you know what you expect from a Mercedes: the safety, the quality, uh, how everything just feels right. That is true for an electric vehicle as it is for a combustion vehicle. But for you, Matt, I got a special coming up next year. I know you're a big fan of the G wagon, the G class, and next year we're going to have an electric G. It's going to blow you away promise i, I am okay. absolutely looking forward to that um as you know i that's have a, had the v8 version so i'll see what the e, e, e version that, is that's like. that's th th this is a high bar we're talking about here ola so I, I hope you know what you're doing here that's a big promise for matt um final quick question champagne sales are beginning to falter luxury goods companies uh like richemont are talking about the idea that even upper end consumers are beginning beginning to feel the inflationary effects is that going to be a challenge for you as well? Are you in that kind of bracket? Are you going to be affected by those same forces? Our top-end vehicle sales for the first six months of this year were very strong. But at the same time, you have to watch uh, the macro picture. In North America and in Europe, we have higher interest rates. Those higher interest rates are probably going to stick around for a while. Uh, that affects uh, the pricing of capital goods in terms of financing and leasing, and that's about 50% of our transactions. So we have taken a cautious view on the macroeconomic side. That is why we have guided for vehicle sales at around the same level this year as last year. Ola, great to see you. Thanks for stopping by to see us. We really appreciate it. Uh, I know Matt's looking forward. So that is it G-Wagon next year. I'm very excited. I've heard him talking about it. So this is this is a big moment. Ola Halanus, the Mercedes-Benz CEO, and of course, Bloomberg's Matt Miller. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.